0: KKXX Studios, Chico Life, Radio 104.5 FM, and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Tuesday evening, where we continue our reflections into the book of Revelation. And I do have Debbie Rosales joining me this Tuesday evening. So Debbie, great to have you with me another evening.
1: It's wonderful to be here.
0: So Debbie, over the course of our treatment on the book of Revelation, we have had the opportunity to, at different points, talk about Satan, talk about the spiritual battle, talk Mm -hmm. about hell, Talk about all those things concerning demonology because, of course, we read about the beasts everywhere. Mm -hmm. And we have to some extent developed it systematically, developed it structurally, if you will. Now, we are going to have another opportunity to talk about this spiritual battle, to talk about the importance of what is going on uh, behind what we don't see. And yet, because of divine revelation, um, we have been given by faith, the sight to see, essentially, as much as our faith is going to allow us to see, which is to peer into the reality of uh, spiritual warfare. So mm-hmm. we're going to put this in the context of just not the final battle, as it it's treated in Revelation 20, but put that in the context of what we encounter each and every day. So why don't we just jump right in, Debbie, with chapter 20, verses 7 to 10. We're going to talk a little bit about what we mean by using that phrase, the final battle with the help of St. Augustine, and then talk about uh, what we need to be present to.
1: When the thousand years are completed, Satan will be released from his prison. He will go out to deceive the nations at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. Their number is like the sand of the sea. They invaded the breath of the earth and surrounded the camp of the holy ones and the beloved city, but fire came down from heaven and consumed them. The devil who had led them astray was thrown into the pool of fire and sulphur where the beast and the false prophets were false prophet were there they will be tormented day and night ever and ever.
0: Mm. you know as you're reading that Debbie we should probably touch on uh, something that comes to mind from that last verse, and it's the word Gehenna. Mm. The word Gehenna is a Greek contraction of Hinnom. What's Hinnom? Hinnom was a deep ravine that separated Mount Zion and the Hill of Fire, where the ancient Jews uh, used to send their children as a sacrificial offering Mm -hmm. to Malach or uh, Baal. This, over time, became known as Gehenna. So, Gehenna is this, essentially, deep ravine that sits at the south end of Jerusalem. Now, why would Jesus use Gehenna? I think he uses it 13 times. Well, because it was not only the place where idolatrous Jews sent their children as sacrificial offerings to these false gods, but over time became a receptacle for all of the filth that was in the city of Jerusalem, which included the dead bodies of animals, criminals, mm-hmm. all the, the filth of the city went into this deep ravine, and it started to smell. Mm-hmm. So they would burn everything at the bottom of this ravine, perpetually burn everything that sat at the bottom of this ravine. This is why Jesus uses Gehenna, mm-hmm. because it basically became this perpetual fire of foulness, (laughs) refuse, all of the refuse of the city, all of the the filth of the city. Mm -hmm. Of course, the image of it being deep in the ravine was important as well. And we've talked about Mount Zion. I mean, this ravine, Hinnom, is what separated Mount Zion, okay, from this place of offering. And so I find it interesting that here we are talking about this perpetual fire. And so I thought we should just mention Gehenna and that there's a reason why Christ talks about Gehenna. Okay, that being said, how about the final battle? This is what St. Augustine has to say on the final battle and his interpretation that comes to us from Revelation chapter 20 verses 8 to 9. And this is blocked off in Peter Williamson's commentary on the book of Revelation. So this is St. Augustine. This is to be the very last of all persecutions immediately preceding the very last of all judgments. A persecution that Holy Church, the worldwide city of Christ, is to suffer at the hands of the worldwide city of the devil, in every place where the two cities will then extend. This obviously does not mean that they gathered or will gather in some one place where we must suppose the camp of the saints and the beloved city is to be. For, of course, this city is Christ's church, which is spread over the whole world. Wherever his church will be, and it will be among all nations over the breadth of the earth, of course, they're quoting the passage, there is to be the camp of the saints and the beloved city of God. There will she be surrounded by all her enemies, intermingled with her as they are and will be in every people girded with the appalling magnitude of that besetting, hemmed in, straightened, and encompassed by the pressures of that mighty affliction. Wow, that last sentence by St. Augustine is strong. It's powerful. Yeah, so essentially what he's saying is (laughs) Mm -hmm. wherever you go and Mm -hmm. whatever you do, there's going to be a battle. There's no escape. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That very point, Mm -hmm. Debbie, there's no escape has come up twice in the book of Revelation. Right there's nowhere you can go where you're going to escape the battle. Mm -hmm. I mean, here we live in the state of California. I know we have listeners who are tuning in outside of the state of California and outside of the country, Debbie, but here in the state of California, certainly there's an enormous battle Yeah, that might be unique in the United States of America, maybe New York City, maybe Mm -hmm. Chicago. You know, I know a number of people have come up to me saying, I just want to leave the state of California. It's just, it's getting so dark. Well, Okay, where are you going to go?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Are you going to go somewhere in the Midwest? Okay, maybe it's not as bad, but it's not like you're going to be escaping the battle. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the point St. Augustine is making. Yeah. Now, the question that begs to be asked, and I know some of our listeners are asking it right now, Debbie, is are we in that time? Mm-hmm. We simply don't know. Mm-hmm. We've treated this extensively before. I'm not going to get into all the, the nooks and crannies of it, of it, but we simply do not know. But what we do know is that Jesus says read the signs of the times. Mm-hmm. And what we can objectively say is that, yes, it is getting darker yes. and darker and darker. Absolutely, We are in an unprecedented place as it relates to the loss of faith. And where there's a mm-hmm. loss of faith, you're going to have an expansion of Satan's reign, if you mm-hmm. will. And so we do need to be present to that. Does that mean that we are in the end? We just simply don't know. Right. This begs another question what does that mean for you and I? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because really, that is the bottom line, is it not? Mm -hmm. I mean, we can speculate all day long about what we see on the outside and what it means for the world, but that's not the question God wants you to ask. The question that God wants you to ask is, who do you say that I am? And maybe we can add to that, who do I say that you are? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? (laughs) How are you created in my image and likeness? So he invites us to go deeper. If nothing else, I know Peter Williamson makes this point elsewhere, if nothing else, when it gets darker like this, we should be asking the question, okay, Lord, how are you calling me to be that brighter light?
1: And let's face it, folks, <clears throat> the minute we get into this world, we're getting ready to die, right?
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's the birth A- and the A- death. A- amen. So
1: your last of days, your end of time, your end of days could be today, could be tomorrow. People that get real wrapped up in, you know, the time um, line, you know, the timeline. Oh, 2017, that's, you know, that, you know, we heard all that millennialism
2: mm-hmm. in,
1: in the year 2000. Yeah. My but Lord, everybody was sure it was Y2K. all coming down yeah. to a, yeah, Y2K. Yeah. <clears throat> and bleep in the screen. Our day is short. Our time is short. Our life is short. So what should we be doing is, is what our Lord is saying. You know, every day is precious. Every day is that gift. Every day we should be thinking it's the end.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every
1: morning we should be thinking it's the end. What do I do today to bring God's kingdom? What do I do today to give God glory? If we just keep focusing on darkness, darkness, and when the time is not we're wasting time. <laughs> Today, I'm hoping that we can look at what Scripture's telling us, and not to make us get depressed or lose hope, just the opposite, just the opposite. I'm hoping it will spurn us on to new vigor, new hope,
0: new love. Mm. Amen to that, Debbie. You know, there's, I think, a tension today where... We lose hope in things yeah, around us.
1: Right. And, and it's and easy to do it is today.
0: And, and we, we fall into despair. But I want to go into that tension a little bit. Oh, yeah. Is we it, need to. Is it despair or is it anguish? Mm-hmm. And why do I make that distinction? Well, think about this, Debbie. Jonah wants to die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Job wants to die. Oh, surely. Are they living in despair or are they living in anguish? They're living in anguish. And the Mm -hmm. distinction between despair and anguish is faith in God. Right? Amen. See, despair is in the absence of faith. We live in despair when we are without faith. And Mm -hmm. yeah, you have a reason to despair if you don't believe in God, if you've put all of your faith in the world. Mm -hmm. But if you have faith in God, you are living in anguish. I like that. And I think a lot of people essentially take those two words and they're one and the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so if we put our faith and trust in God, then what? Well, we can overcome some of these trials. Right. And we can then put it in the context of how God is calling us to be a better version of who we are called to be. Mm-hmm. And we don't get caught up right. in this whirlwind of of evil. Right. In this whirlwind of despair. Right. Debbie, there was a pretty important paragraph mm-hmm. from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. I believe it was six seventy-eight, that really might help us as we reflect deeper into this whole discussion of judgment, the end time, and what we are called to do, and how we might better think about our, our Christian walk.
1: It's under the heading of "to judge the living and the dead," and I, I really encourage you. I'm only going to read a little, small portion and actually in um 2 uh, in in 677 the paragraph just before that um it's really beautiful the church will enter the glory of the kingdom only through this final passover mm. when she will follow her lord in his death and resurrection gosh that's just so beautiful <clears throat> god's victory over the final unleashing of evil which will cause his bride to come down from heaven. So this is 678. And it's the last couple of sentences here. It is then at that last judgment, the secrets of our hearts will be brought to light. Our attitude about our neighbor will disclose acceptance or refusal of grace and divine love. And it is on that last day that Jesus will say, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Mm. By rejecting grace, one already judges oneself.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Debbie, there's no kind of sort of gray in that. You there really isn't. It I mean, didn't.
1: please, please pick this yeah. up and read it. It's it's ab- it's a short section, but it's and pray with it.
0: Yes. And in that final conversation with God, Debbie, uh, we were talking before we came on air here, Mm -hmm. we will know, when we we look at Him face to face, we'll know. Yep, we'll know. We'll know. Yep. There's no more games being Mm -mm, played. No. There's no more games being played. So we take that truth, we internalize that truth, and then we say, okay, Lord, what does this mean? There's another great paragraph that comes to us from uh, 2725, and this Mm -hmm. is under the heading of the battle of prayer, right? I mean, this is another great section, spiritual battle. This is what the catechism says here. And I just love this line. We pray as we live because we live as we pray. Mm -hmm. So we pray as we live because we live as we pray. If we do not want to act habitually according to the Spirit of Christ, essentially conforming our lives to Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, neither can we pray habitually in His name. So our prayer life and the actions that come out from that prayer life essentially are in harmony with one another. It closes, The spiritual battle of the Christian's new life is inseparable from the battle of prayer.
1: Our new life yes
0: yes so every
1: day new take up your new life
0: yes (laughs) what does paul say in one of my favorite passages debbie and colossians chapter 3 verse 10 put on the cloth of christ put on the garment of virtue put on the armor of god Mm -hmm. and the greek there is alluding to how we might put on clothes every day this just has to be a what kind of act habitual act we put on christ's garment of virtue Here I'm thinking specifically of the virtue of purity. Here I'm thinking specifically of the virtue of humility. Here I'm thinking specifically of living in the virtue of truthfulness, the virtue of what is versus what is not. If we live in a false world, what does that final conversation look like, Debbie? We have to root ourselves each and every day, 24-7-365, in the truth of Jesus Christ. And we have to understand something here. A lot of people, when they hear the word truth, think about Maybe what Christ has revealed as the truth. And certainly that is the truth Mm -hmm. that I speak about on one hand. But there's also the virtue of truthfulness, right? right. (laughs) Because we can have the spirit of dynamic orthodoxy, but if we don't see something for what it is, that spirit of orthodoxy can be clouded. And by that I mean we have to spend time getting to know the details of whatever it is that we are talking about. So then the revealed truth of Jesus Christ can be understood in the light of the virtue of truthfulness. A widely important point, because what do we do? We rely on what we think we know. Mm -hmm. And what does Proverbs 3, 5 say? Do not rely on what you think you know, but always trust in the wisdom of God. Study the faith. Come to know the faith for what it is. Because why? God is unconventional, Debbie.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Anywhere oh, yes, and yes. everywhere,
0: he's constantly revealing himself in unsuspecting ways. Mm-hmm. And so this is what we enter into, especially when it comes to the spiritual battle, because what is one of Satan's great tools to distract,
2: mm-hmm. oh. to,
0: to plagiarize, mm-hmm. to make something look so attractive, even, even beautiful
2: mm-hmm.
0: to the spiritual eye, right? Right? We have to discern. Carefully. Very carefully. Right? And we have to be able to detect, in fact, if something comes from the spirit of Christ or the spirit of the adversary, mm-hmm. because we are in, again, we don't know if they're the final days, but we are in dark days. Mm-hmm. And the darker it gets, well, <laughs> if we are not living the light of Christ, the more difficult it is going to be to discern something. Right. And so this is why Peter Williamson rightfully so, some pages back, and I don't remember what program now, says these days really challenges us to go deeper in our faith Mm -hmm. so that we might become brighter in the light of Christ to then see what it is, in fact, God is calling us to do. Because if there's one thing that the camp of saints teach us, as we read about, Debbie, is that they followed God's will when most people wouldn't have. Right, right. (laughs) Right. And then you're able to see how God was working in a moment where maybe most people thought, well, God's not in that moment. Mm No, no. See, we have to be in a very personal relationship with Jesus Christ, living in his light and his love, acting according to his will, because only then will we see. And ultimately... Ultimately, only then will our attitudes be what they need to be as they disclose what you read so beautifully, where our hearts really are. Right. You know, the word disclosure, Debbie, makes me think about revelation, unveiling, mm-hmm. because to some extent, our actions unveil the interior life.
1: And, and you know, that sentence uh, that we're in, the, the final Passover. Mm. Okay, let's look at the Passover a little bit out of Exodus 12 very specific prescribed form
2: hmm.
1: for the israelites you know unblemished lamb one year old a male very specific how they were to roast it how they were to consume it they were to how they were to be dressed the stance they were to have how they were to sprinkle the blood on the i mean these were very um very distinct Rules, outlines that needed to be obeyed.
0: <clears throat> the words they used. To, the words. Yeah.
1: I think it would be very wise in these days to know what our church teaches, to know what is asked of us, so that when those truths are challenged, can we be obedient, A, B, C? You know, can I, in this last Passover, if God asks me to go left, am I going to question and go right? And, and if we're praying, if we're really praying, I believe God is going to direct us. And he's going to say, we're going to go left here. Mm-hmm. I know right looks good. Because listen, folks, if you're praying, Satan's not going to tempt you with good and evil. He's going to te- tempt you with good and not so good. Two goods.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He's mm-hmm. going to tempt you with good Not so good. God's saying left, he's saying, Yeah, but right looks really
2: good. Mm -hmm. Look
1: Mm -hmm. at all the good you could do going right. Yeah. Lord's going, I'm telling you, I want you to hang a left. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So just in the we're gonna be going through the death and resurrection, it says, right out of the catechism. Mm -hmm. We're gonna be we're gonna be following our Lord to the cross. And we can't take our own path. We have to walk the path that He walked. Mm -hmm. The steps that He took.
0: Mm -hmm. Amen. And it's, uh, of course, no coincidence that the following verses, and we're not going to have time to get into them today, this evening, Debbie, but they talk about the second resurrection of Christ, right? Mm -hmm. So um, there's there's a reason. Yeah, tune in, that's going to be beautiful. Yeah, there's a reason why we are using the language that we are using. Mm -hmm. You know, as you talk about the good and the not so good, Mm -hmm. I would even extend that to say that (laughs) <laughs> there can be two very goods. Yeah, and I, and I meant to... Yeah, well, and... and thank and you for saying and that. Sure, and, and the point is, and it gets to the heart of what we've been talking about, um, not every good is a willed good. Right. Not every good is a willed good. Now, the question is, what helps us discern that, okay, we pray, but I might offer a suggestion here, Debbie, mm. what is your sacramental vocation? If you are a mother and wife, mm. right. a husband and father, that has to be the prism from which you discern the very thing that God is calling you to do. Absolutely. Because part of the goods can be doing things for the church, Yep, being active in the community. Yep. Those things are goods, and certainly God calls us to do those things. Right. In the light of 678 and how we are called to love our brother and sister in Christ, if they're homeless or they are in need of shelter, we go to them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But if we are doing that at the cost of not being present to our spouses, right. to our family... Satan has won. Oh, boy. Because yes. let me tell you, the sacramental vocation is the cell to society, and if that cell breaks down, then what do you have? Right. You, <laughs> Absolutely. You, you have a body that is no longer functioning as it ought.
1: We have to minister first at home. Yes. We have to.
0: We have to minister, and we have to be ministered to.
1: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Because, uh, because every act of service is in turn... One that renders so much back to you. And that's just the power of grace. That's the power of Christ. Right. You spoke to the words. You did it unto me. Those words resonate first and foremost in the household.
1: And that's what Mother Teresa said. If you yes. want to do if you want to do something great, go home and love your family. Yes. Yes. Go home and love your family. You know, my my mom and dad were involved in a very a wonderful ministry in the church. Wonderful ministry. I'm not gonna say what it was they consumed a lot of a lot of time sure they were away from their families a lot mm-hmm. these these couples and my mom and my dad discerned and said uh-uh mm-hmm. no 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 all that time we're gone from our families what are our kids who's raising our kids yes. we got teenagers yes yes so wise so many of those couples lost their kids mhm So many, tragically. And I think, oh, the wisdom that my parents had to see that the times were dark.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And
1: I need to be home and vigilant and
0: loving my kids, loving my teenagers. Thank you, Mom and Dad. Well, what are we going to be reflecting upon here in the next few days but the Incarnation? Mm -hmm. Why is the Incarnation so central to our faith? Because God made himself present to the world. Yes. There's no one greater act that, of course, alongside of the crucifixion that helps us better understand our vocation. If we are not present Mm -hmm. to those who God has called us to be present to, then how are we fulfilling our vocation? Yeah. It's something that we need to, again, root in prayer, but as we do so, we are mindful that the sacramental vocation is, is just absolutely and the hierarchy of duties, um, number one. So there, yeah, Number one. That paragraph you mentioned earlier, the attitude towards our neighbor discloses mm-hmm. the heart. Mm-hmm. This is a paragraph, Debbie, that constantly routes our discussion back to God first, neighbor second. Mm-hmm. Not, not that one is autonomous from the other. No. Um, Intrinsically you really see, yeah. linked. Intrinsically yeah. linked. But there is a sequence here. Mm-hmm. Because... Quite simply, you cannot make the greatness of God known if you haven't first come to know him as you ought. Mm-hmm. And so we can only do this if we're willing to take up the armor of God and to understand that we are in a spiritual battle. And um, yes, Satan is is out there prowling like a roaring lion. Oh, boy. Does this mean, Debbie, that at every turn we say, oh gosh, Satan's around that mm-hmm. corner or Satan's mm-hmm. around that corner? No. We don't live like that. We have to be free from that suspicion. And fear. Yes, Mm -hmm. free from that fear, because ultimately our cry is in hope. Our cry is in Abba Father, and there's a grace in that cry. There is a joy in that Mm -hmm. cry, and joy exercises demons. Right. Joy has a way of overcoming all of those fears. Now, this is hard when we're going through those moments of despair or anguish, Mm-hmm. By God's grace and faith, anguish, and in the light of that, we might come to to reestablish who we are in the light of God and, and do what we ought. Um, I don't know, Debbie, if you had any closing thoughts. I'm looking down at my notes, and we didn't quite get into everything.
1: <laughs> I know. Come, Lord Jesus. Maranatha. Yes,
0: yes. Amen. All right, with that, let us close with a word of prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we do just give you a special thanks and praise for the gift of this time that we have together to reflect into the richness of your word, a richness that provokes so many reflections. And as we root these reflections into uh, the words that are revealed in sacred scripture, we do so by rooting them in the Holy Spirit. And we just pray that our words might uh, provoke new conversations. So with that, as always, we turn to our mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee.